Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Today I want to share something with you that's been on my heart for several weeks actually. I did minister this message two weeks ago in our local fellowship, but not on this platform. The title of my message is Living in the Realities of Our Redemption. I have been on this theme, as I have mentioned to you, for the last two to three weeks. And it is amazing some of the things the Spirit of God opened up to me afresh once again. And I began to realize more and more how precious and how valuable is our redemption in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to read two verses from the Passion Translation. This is what it says. For you know that your lives were ransomed once and for all from the empty and futile way of life handed down from generation to generation. It was not a ransom payment of silver and gold, which eventually perishes, but the precious blood of Christ, who like a spotless, unblemished lamb, was sacrificed for us. Let me make these statements right at the outset of my message. The value of something is always determined by the price that is paid to purchase it. In other words, the price paid establishes its value. Our worth and our value was established by God Himself by the price He paid to purchase our redemption. Amen? Peter said that we were redeemed not by corruptible things such as silver and gold that perishes, but by the precious blood of Christ, who like a spotless and unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us. God paid the highest and most costly price in order to redeem us from sin and death and to bring us back to fellowship with Himself. He willingly gave up his very best. There was nothing more precious in the eyes of God, nothing more valuable to him than the life of his only begotten Son. If you want to know how valuable you are, look at the price that was paid for your redemption. If you want to know how much you are loved and how much each one of us is cherished, 
Don't ask a human being. Ask God himself. God speaking through Isaiah many centuries ago, he said in Isaiah 43 and verse 4, Since you were precious in my sight, this is God speaking now, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. The psalmist said in Psalm 139, verse 17 and 18, every single moment, remember the psalmist now is speaking to the Lord in his prayer, and he says, every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. O oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I wake each morning, you are still with me. Wow, that's how much God loves you and I. That's how you are valued, and that's how God sees you. If he went to such great lengths for you and I, and he made such an extreme sacrifice for you and I, how shall he not, with Jesus, freely give us all things? Romans chapter 8 verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not, with him, also freely give us all things? Listen, when we realize our true value and worth, we will begin to treat ourselves with respect, with honor, with dignity. And we will also treat each other the same way, regardless of the color of the skin, the nationality, the status, the position or lack of it. I personally believe that the number one reason people trash themselves as well as others and waste their lives in righteous living is because they don't know the true value of how much God loves them. And I want to make a statement here that I want you to write it down because this is true. When value and worth is not known, waste and abuse is inevitable. When value and worth is not known, not realized, waste and abuse is inevitable. Bill Johnson said the following. He said, that the single greatest reality in every person's life is this unimaginable, uncomprehendable, extreme expression of the love of God that is reserved just for you. And not to live in the reality of that is to live in the reality of the inferior in its place. He said, everything in life 
is to be measured by the most important thing. If he gave his son, and if he went to that kind of an extreme, certainly he would provide everything else for you that is less than that. Amen? Praise God forevermore. So, this is the purpose of my lesson today, is to help us once again to realize how valuable we are. Realize your worth and value. Realize how much God loves you. And remember the price that was paid for your redemption. And treat yourself with honor, with respect, and with dignity, as well as your spouse, your family, your children, your neighbors, your brothers in Christ. Recognize this precious value in all people, all God's creatures, and let us show it every single day through our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. Now let me come to another value which I believe, by and large, we minimized and in some ways diminished as a result of a lack of revelation knowledge. I believe that the greatest need of the church today, as well as individual believers, is revelation knowledge. How I pray and cry out to God for each one of you every single day that, that God would release a greater measure of revelation knowledge when it comes to knowing Him, to knowing ourselves, to knowing the purpose and the plans of God for our lives, and to walk in them. The value that I want to emphasize today is the value of our new birth in Christ Jesus and what really happened when we got born again. In the eyes of God himself, there is no greater miracle than the new birth. And I want you to realize this. No greater miracle on earth and in heaven greater than the new birth. No physical healing, no financial blessing, and no deliverance of any kind can outrank our birth in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, tells us exactly what happened when we received Christ and we got born again. This is what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and I know that all of you have been born again, you are in Christ Jesus. So he's talking about you and I. If anyone is in Christ, he is or she is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. The Passion Translation says it this way. Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. 
all that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new, and God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. So here scripture says that when we received Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were born again. We were born not of the will of, the, of man, not of blood, but we were born of God. We were made brand new creations. Another translation says, we are made a new species of being that never existed before. So that means that the old man, which lived in our physical bodies, died with Christ. And a new man was born, raised from the death of the old one. This new man, listen carefully, has no past, but he has a bright future in Christ. His sins have been forgiven, never to be remembered again by God. He is given, listen, listen carefully, he is given a new name, a new identity, a new family in Christ. He has been given new desires, new dreams, and a brand new life in Christ Jesus. He is made, this new man, is made in the image of Christ. That means he's holy, righteous, and without blame. He has a right standing with God. And I fear that many of us realize this preciousness of the value of our redemption in Christ. How can I make such a statement? What do I base my statement on? I will tell you. I base this statement on our many testimonies. Most of the testimonies I heard or hear in my 46 years of walking with the Lord are over either a financial blessing, a physical healing or miracle, or some kind of a promotion at work. Thank God for those blessings. But the greatest blessing and the greatest miracle is our new birth in Christ Jesus. And I fear that few of us truly received the revelation of how great a miracle we received when God's grace and God's mercy saved us by rescuing us from the power of darkness and bringing us into the kingdom of his dear son, adopting us into God's family and calling us God's children. I say that why? because we're so focused on the natural appearance, so focused on the external and the physical things of life, we fail to realize that we are primarily eternal spirits recreated by God through Christ to live and walk with Him throughout eternity. Hello.
just when you want to say amen, just raise your hand and wave at me so I know at least those of those of you that I can see on the screen. Because this is so this has made has been made so real, so powerful in my spirit and in my mind, especially lately. Listen, we are no longer sinners saved by grace. I hear that expression so often. Oh, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. We were sinners, but the grace and the mercy of God saved us and made us new creations in Christ Jesus. And this new creation in Christ is altogether righteous, holy, without blame. Your recreated human spirit looks exactly like Jesus. On the inside, you look exactly like Jesus. You couldn't be more righteous or more holy than you are right now. In God's eyes. Because that's how God sees you and I. When he looks at you, he sees Christ in you. He sees you through the blood. He does not see your weaknesses, your failures, and he does not remember your sins anymore. He treats you like you've never sinned, righteous, holy, unblameable. That's how God sees you. And we must come to the place where we see ourselves that way. Are you listening to me? Hey, I look much better on the inside than I do on the outside. Hallelujah. We were born in Adam once into the human race and thus inherited his sinful nature. But we were reborn in Christ and through him we were made righteous. We were born through Christ into the heavenly race, holy and righteous. And how I pray to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us a greater revelation of the miracle of our new birth in Christ. When that happens, and you receive the full realization of what happened to you when you got born again, we will celebrate and rejoice over our salvation every single day just thinking about it. We will consider nothing greater than our salvation in Christ. And in response to that reality, we will be so inspired and motivated to reach out and touch someone else with the gospel of Christ. You want to know why we're so slow to evangelize? Because we don't realize what we received. <laughs> in the natural, just imagine yourself winning 10 million. Rand, you are going to pick up the phone and you're going to go and you're going to talk to everyone you know. Even strangers on the street, they'll see it on your face of what happened to you. Are you out there? We will do so because we realize the preciousness and the value of what we received in Christ, in the new covenant. King David, in his prayer of repentance in Psalm 91, said something to this effect. He said, Lord, 
restore to me the joy of your salvation. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted unto you. And even so, I pray today, dear Lord Jesus, restore to us the joy of your great salvation. Then we will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Jesus, speaking of the woman who washed his feet with the tears and dried them with her hair. Do you remember that incident in the Bible? It's recorded in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 47. This is what Jesus said. She has been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. We draw, therefore, the conclusion from the words of Jesus that extravagant love is only shown by those who received the revelation of how much they have been forgiven. But as Jesus said, those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will also love very little. Beloved, let us beware that we don't find ourselves in this very category, thinking that we have been forgiven very little. If we do that, I believe we have not fully realized the depravity of our lost and cursed nature and the wrath that awaited us without the mercy and the grace of God who fought and rescued us from eternal damnation. Family, listen to me. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. When such little is realized, little is our love and appreciation toward our Savior and the great salvation He wrought for us. Lately, I wake up every morning and I do nothing else, just spend hours in His presence thanking God for saving me, thanking God for filling me with His life, His purpose, and His peace, for giving purpose and meaning to my life through the new birth, which I had none. I don't want anything more than this, because I'm satisfied and fulfilled just being in His presence, worshiping Him, and telling Him how much I love Him. And that's when I began to realize that the more I praise God, and the more I thank Him for recreating me in Christ Jesus, and the more appreciative I become, the greater the revelation I receive of what a wonderful Savior we have. And I believe that Christians who fail to realize what they have in Christ are always searching for something more to satisfy them. As though God's presence is not enough. What a tragedy. The psalmist said, In your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand 
there are pleasures for forevermore. You know, as I do that day after day, thanking God for my salvation, I become more appreciative, more grateful to the Lord, because I recall the days prior to my new birth. There were days of darkness. There were days that were filled with pain and sorrow. There were days filled with sickness and extreme poverty and oppression. I recall I would drive up to the petrol station, didn't have any money to put petrol in my car. I was totally bankrupt. And I would say, please, can you give me two rands worth of petrol? My life was filled with emptiness and my soul was filled with loneliness and rejection. And driven by rebellion, I left home when I was 16 years, just 16 years of age. I recall once I cried for two solid days. I'm not lying. God is my witness. Because I felt so lonely, so rejected, so abandoned by everyone, including my parents. You talk about hell on earth. I lived it until the day that I accepted Christ into my life and everything changed. Folks, realize what you received in Christ Jesus. Ask him to open up the eyes of your understanding that you may fully understand the preciousness of what it means to be born again, what it means to be in Christ Jesus. And as I sat the other day in God's presence thinking and meditating about all this, I started to think and wonder what would have happened to my beloved and precious wife if I had not been born again. She would have lived with a monster who would have made her life a living hell on earth. And that is no lie. What would have happened not only to her, but to my children, to all those who associated with me if that monster who lived in this body had not died with Christ? How many people would have suffered as a result of my selfishness and ungodly living? And how many would have missed out on the blessing of the new creation that I became through the new birth? countless of people. And when I thought about all of these things, God is my witness, tears of gratitude, love and appreciation started running down my eyes and I just wept thinking about this. Folks, we don't need anything else. All we ever needed, all we ever wanted, has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Then I understood deeply what Paul meant when he said that the things we face in this life now and all the afflictions and the trials and the challenges we go through every day are very light and momentary when we compare them in the light of his great salvation. Listen to what he says in the Passion Translation. We view, he says, our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. 
We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen but on what is not seen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. You see, Paul viewed everything in the light of eternity, that in the light of his new birth. My dear brothers and sisters, as I close my message today, I want to remind us again and again by emphasizing this very truth. We don't really need anything else in this life than what we already have. What we do need, though, is a greater revelation of what we have already received in Christ through the new birth. We won't mind so much if our hair goes gray and our face is all wrinkled up. You know why? Because we know that though our outward man is decaying and getting old, our inward man, the real man, the real you on the inside, is renewed day by day. We will look at death in the face or anything else that comes against us and welcome it because we know that for the new creation in Christ Jesus, dying is even better than living. Yeah, that's what Paul said. He said, for me to live is Christ. To die is far better. Because when I leave this earthly vessel, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord forever. And there's nothing better than that. You see, Paul saw it that way because he saw himself as a new creation in Christ Jesus. He understood what it meant to be born again, to become a new creation in Christ, and he lived in that reality every single day of his life. And that's what God wants us to do, live in the reality of our redemption, live in the reality of the new creation that you've become in Christ Jesus. It was from this standpoint that he sternly warned the believers in Corinth not to take lightly what took place at the cross when Jesus' body was broken and when his blood was shed on their behalf. He warned them, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, not to treat as common the table of the Lord as they come together in remembrance of the Lord Jesus and to celebrate the new covenant that was sealed in his precious blood. He went on to say that if they treat it as common and participate in an unworthy manner, they would invite in the midst weakness, sickness, and even premature death. You see, the Corinthians failed to realize the significance of this covenant meal, and as a result, they lived outside of the realities and the benefits of the covenant. They didn't realize, they didn't have the revelation, the full revelation of what happened to them. That's why they, they had division amongst them, there was jealousy, there was competition, 
They were taking each other to court and actually one of them was living in an open sin. You see, they lived and walked in an unworthy manner by living any way they wanted to live and by continually giving in to the carnal desires. And of course, as a result, they reaped the judgment of the Lord, which was meant to discipline them and to correct them in the hope they would come to the senses and live a life that was worthy of his calling. And now I'm going to give you a prophetic word for this year. Because this is what I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying. For some of us, this will be a year of correction. And if we are humble enough, if we are open and teachable to receive God's correction, He will redirect us. I believe He will give us direction. He will cause His light to shine upon our path. And as we walk in His direction, we will live and walk under His protection. And I pray that God will give us a sensitive heart that is teachable and is willing to receive correction. And when we receive correction, God will redirect us. He will cause our path to shine even brighter. And we will experience what Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We will enjoy supernatural divine protection. Father, we thank you for recreating us in Christ Jesus, for making us new creations, a new species of being that never existed before. You have elevated us to the highest place in Christ Jesus. You have blessed us with honor, with privilege, with authority. Lord, that is so unimaginable. The human mind cannot comprehend. But because of your great love, your mercy and your grace, you delivered us from the power of darkness. You gave us a family. You called us your very own. We are the children of the living God. We are members of the royal priesthood, a holy, gener a holy nation, Father. What thanks can we render to you but to acknowledge and to realize and to walk in the reality of this great miracle that you have done for each and every one of us? We thank you today for Jesus. We thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you that you rescued us from the fires of eternal hell and given us a name in Christ Jesus that is above every name. Father, I pray that we may walk in the revelation of what we have in Christ Jesus and to become more thankful and more appreciative of what you have already done through Jesus Christ our Lord. Teach us to see 
every challenge, every problem, every test, and every trial from the standpoint of a new creation. And we thank you for our time together in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.